Warning, the content in this podcast contains some explicit language which may be offensive to some listeners and may be inappropriate for children. Therefore, the content in this podcast is intended for a mature audience only. So, would you fall in love with hip-hop? Right here, what we're going to do is go back. This is Capri. This is Mika. And this is Dante. I feel Dante. like it's far. It is kind of far today. Cause you want to move it closer? What's the name? It's off. It's leaning. <coughs> it's direction. You always lean. That's um, what I told her. That's okay, so do you want me to pull it closer to us? I don't feel better. <laughs> well, there you go. Thank you. Very welcome. Do you want to introduce our guests? And we have a couple of guests with us. Sydney Andrew, Lewis from Black Umbrella, Richard Blue, AJ from uh, Black Umbrella as well. So explain to us a little bit like what Black Umbrella is for the people who don't know. Uh, Black Umbrella is a simple concept. It's a development, growth, support, everything you need in your entrepreneurial ideas. Um, it gets complex as well because we try to create as many revenue streams as possible. So right now... We're pushing merchandise and uh, local community events. Also, um, uh, we are also uh, diving into um, promotions, um, looking into throwing a couple of events before the year is up. Uh, hopefully, uh, a New Year's Eve party as well. And um, basically, the Black Umbrella, when you see the Black Umbrella, we just really want to, you know, let everybody know it's for the culture. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're here to empower you know, black black businesses, black people in general, and try to create a culture in Oklahoma City that 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 that's missing. You know what I'm saying? Something that you know, you know, black people could actually you know lean on and, and you know look forward into doing big things. So y'all feel like culture is missing here? Absolutely. I mean, you know, whenever you um, you know, I, I travel, you know, and whenever you go to different places, you know, say in Houston, you know, say Atlanta. You know, you, you, you feel the culture there as soon as you get there. Like Absolutely. you feel, the, you feel the whole vibe of the city. And uh, like when you come here to Oklahoma City, like whenever I do go to Atlanta and meet different people, they don't even know we got black people here in Oklahoma City, and they just think it's all you know horses and things of that nature. And I'll be like, no, we, we got a lot of black people. We just a little behind. And you know, black umbrella is something that we wanna, you know, we wanna connect with every black business and just black people who have the same vision and ideas that we have to boost this culture in Oklahoma City so you ain't always got to travel to make it, you know, get that feel. So we're trying to get that here in Oklahoma City. How is that working out, though? Because I'm just curious. Normally we actually go into a question or whatever, but I'm just curious, like, how is that working out for you all as far as, like, the crabs in the bucket mentality that people have here? Um, right now it, it's been a um, phenomenal support. Um, everybody's reached out whether they've ordered anything or not. That That's not the point. We... I guess in the age of social media, live off likes and dislikes. So a lot of people have messaged us, liked everything we posted, and they see the trend. So, I mean, that that's you got to take that as a positive first step. Exactly. Yeah, and I look I look at it as you know same thing that Drew said. Uh, we got people you know definitely liking us on social media, interacting with us. You know, 
I like it whenever somebody just asks what are we about that that you know so True. we got people who curious and uh hopefully you know in due time we could you know collaborate with some of these you know local businesses that's black owned and be able to do something big for the city and that be a you know a spark for Oklahoma City to you know be able to bring that culture here you know what I'm saying oh, awesome. who would you collab with uh Definitely, I would, would love to link with uh, Mark Fleming. Okay. Uh, you know, definitely uh, Chop at Season. You know, people who, who got their own black business and their merchandise flowing. So you got Back to My Roots. I love that. Um, who am I missing? Oh, All Gas, No Breaks. Yes, you yes. know what? They've actually been going hard on his stuff because I yeah. know it's like at Trappy, everybody has everybody, yeah. everybody and, has yeah. their stuff on, and that's what's up. As a, as a, you know, as a business, and we trying to grow like that. That I that inspired me. I I love that, you know. And at the end of the day, I know how we how we feel about it. Like everything is genuine. It's no. It's no animosity towards like well everybody wearing all gas no but I, I like it. I like it. Like he, he got he got it rolling. I need to actually buy some because Absolutely. I haven't even purchased any. But I need Absolutely, to buy some. he got he got he got it rolling. So you know, and it, if we could if we could link with him and do some things, maybe a collab, you know, shirt or anything, or like a collab event. That's two black businesses putting their heads together, trying mm-hmm. to you know empower the people of the city. And and at the end of the day, that's the end goal. You know what I'm saying? To to have stuff for the people. Do you feel like like people are trying to collab with y'all or like people are trying to do it on their own? Um, I think just for me speaking, coming from the business side of it, it's all about trying to collab because um one of the things I pitch is everybody has an idea, whether you're talking with your friends or family, everybody has an idea, they see something that just opened that man, I just had that idea or so what we try to do is corporate that side of it to where they have all the resources to do that. And if they do want to partner with us and collab with us, then that's that, that's an option as well. Because it's all, like he says, it's not all about the money. It's about just making that impact. That's what's up. Because, like, I, I noticed y'all on social media. I'm looking at y'all social media. I didn't understand what Black Umbrella was. I actually had to go into it and read it. I did, it. too. Sure. I went and read it and projects, and I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's really interesting. Yeah, it's one of those things where... Um, just taking that leap of faith was what a lot of people get stuck at initially. So we are learning in the process, you know, but we got to the point where we was tired of, tired of missing out on different ideas and things. So we decided just to jump out there. We're going to learn as we're going to go, and we're going to make it grow. So where did the name Black Umbrella come from? Uh, we, we had an idea of, um, a few years back uh, called Kids from Oklahoma. Um, that name had already been taken, but... Uh, we just kind of stuck with the concept of the umbrella of people being protected and underneath the, the umbrella. And, you know, I designed it. I was like, well, we just call it the Black, Black Umbrella. <laughs> and it stuck. Uh, I was able to get the LLC for it. So uh, we're official with that. Uh, ironically, nobody had used it, I guess, in the um, concept ways that we're trying to. So it hasn't been any kind of kind of issues. But that that's where it originated from. Yeah. Okay. Actually, came it came about like... Two in the morning, just talking like, man, yeah. let's call it Black Umbrella. I was like, yeah, man, we could keep our black people out the rain, get them under this umbrella, man, and <laughs> get on this positive note that we trying oh, to, that we trying to push for Oklahoma City. Yeah. I love that. I yeah. do. I love that. I, I mean, I love black people trying to help other black people because yeah, I feel like it's we have the crabs in the bucket mentality is so real here. And like when you, like you said, you travel out, and so when you go to places like Atlanta and. And Houston and stuff like that. You see other black people supporting other black people and helping each other. And it's like when you come here, it's not the same. 
And and I hate to put this on our podcast, but sometimes most of our support comes from people that we don't even know. Yep. You're right about it. Uh, again, like you said, how I traveled. I went like when the first time I went to Atlanta, I I didn't I didn't want to believe it. Like I I loved it, but I was like, this can't be real. I had um I went to a steakhouse called Arizona's. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. No. Went there, walked in, a black person greeted me. A uh, black person set us down. We had an issue with with my wife's food, and she she was like, "Let me go get your manager." Black lady came out, was the owner of the joint. I was like, "Wow, this is dope." Right all, here. all black, everything. all black, yeah. everything. Yes. I went to, I went to a place kind of like um like you like in the mind of a David Buster's. Okay. Not one white person on staff. The owner black. Everybody was black, and I was like, "Am I tripping?" Like, and the this- attitude is different. Loved the attitude us. is because we actually Loved went to Atlanta us. like in April and yeah, we, we talked did. about that how Loved nice us. everybody was. Everybody yeah. whenever we whenever we got off the plane and we uh we jumped in our rental car, we driving on the highway. I'm driving, of course my wife is in the passenger seat, and I'm like, I look to my left, I see black people, I look to my right, I said where the white Every, people at? Everybody, everybody was nice black. Shit. I was like, and, and they got they get nice shit like nice yeah. cars, nice yeah. everything, houses, nice everything. everything. One of my frat brothers, um, JT, he he lives in Atlanta, beautiful two story house, whole neighborhood black across the street, like you cross his street and then it's it's multi million dollar houses, everybody black and I I you know he told me I was like you lying. So boom, I leave his house. I see people out in the neighborhood. Boom, I I drive across the street to the to the multi million dollar houses. <laughs> Let me make sure he ain't lying. I drive through. I see black people. I hit a couple of blocks. Black people. I was like, man, this is this is this is nothing like the city, Oklahoma right. City. Yeah. It act to me. It actually motivated. It actually motivated me to be in Atlanta. It motivated me to come back here and actually want to do better and do something with my life because I'm like all these black people around here doing something. Yeah. It was so many. It, it, it's definitely an inspiration uh, to go to go to cities like that and see black people doing so good and you know business minded, you know clean cut, looking good and doing things for the city. Only thing about Atlanta though is that traffic. Oh, that God, traffic yeah. is a bugger. <laughs> I'm talking about it. Took us. It, it took, really wasn't that bad though. I but think that's kind of because we were closer. But yeah, I've I think been it depends. In the Atlanta traffic. I mean, before. I have too, but I think it depends on like where you're coming from yeah, and, and where you're traveling to. Yeah, that's and where you're traveling yeah. to. That's true. I mean, but. Outside of that, it's all worth it. It is. It's. it's I. I enjoy it. I've, I've been out there a couple of times, nice. and uh, it, it's always been a good time. Every, every like everywhere I went, it's been a good time. I like the fair was cool. You know, shout out to Matt Kemp. He he hooked me up with two uh, tickets to the um Braves. to the Braves game yeah. when I was out there. Shout out to Dominique Franks. He was a. Uh, he's also an NFL vet. He gave me two tickets to go to the Falcons game. So I was blessed when I was out there, oh, and I got awesome. I got to take it all in. And I was like, this was it, it was love. I appreciated everything. So it was cool. Oh, that's what's up. That's what's mm-hmm. up. That is. I know I jumped right into it, but normally we have a question. You didn't have a question for us today. We normally like break the ice or whatever, have like a fun little question or whatever. Cool. You normally ask us. No, no questions today. Okay, that's the first. Y'all want questions? Y'all don't have no questions? Well, you didn't tell us that you want to put When do we ever? I'm like, when do we ever? You I don't always know. ask us the question. Yeah. Well, I didn't bring a question mm-hmm. because I assumed that y'all wanted to ask more questions from going forward. So maybe y'all had a couple questions y'all wanted to ask and I when, just wasn't asking questions. I don't know. We should assume that. Y'all know. 
Y'all had a, <laughs> we in the text message, we was having a conversation, we was talking about questions. I thought maybe y'all had questions y'all wanted to ask. No, well, let's ask y'all, how did you okay. guys' podcast get started? Where did that spark from? I'll answer that, because I'm actually the middle person to that. Um, another friend asked me to start a podcast, which is one of our mutual friends, and she was like, that's cool, but Mika want to start one as well. Didn't get it started. Capri just so happened to be over here because sometimes I work from home and she's like, hey, let's start a podcast. And I was like, well, you know, a couple other people want to start one. So I have to, you know, if I start one, I have to ask them first. And so I asked them and it was four of us and that's how we got started. Okay. But we've been knowing each other. All of us been knowing each other for a long time. Yeah. I've been knowing her like, what, 20? 20 something years. 20 something years. Yeah. Yeah. But y'all been knowing each other for a while too, right? Yeah, since yeah. about 90. Been my 1990? Been my best friend since 1990. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah. Yeah. It's like... It, 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 Oklahoma. We, we've been rocking so long, we just... It, it don't even be friends. Like, that's my brother, his mom and daddy, is my mom and daddy. Yeah. And we exactly. got another brother named Dante. So, it's it, it's just been like that. They, you know, uh, you know, coming up, you know, they, they took care of me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they introduced me to sports, you know what I'm saying? And something that I love now... You know, his pops, you know, took me under his wing and taught me the game of baseball, basketball, all that. And, you know, whenever I needed a safe place, I stayed over their house. And they let me stay over there at three, four days at a time if I wanted to. This is in the city or not? This is in Old Muggy. This is Old Muggy. So, of course, I was born in the city, moved to Old Muggy in uh, in 90. And then they even even, uh, offered to let me live with them whenever... My mama came back to Oklahoma City and oh, she brought me so with her. They was like, he can stay with us, but you know, mom still let me. What y'all think about Old Muggy though? Oh, that's the best place ever. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Old Muggy no was home. Oh, early nineties. Old Muggy was popping. See, no lie. You know, my family is from down there, so yeah, I'm very yeah. familiar with Old Muggy. But it just seems like a drive in and out town, and so I'm just like, some of my family. They have the opportunity to move to Oklahoma City, move to Tulsa, but they just stay in Old Muggy, and I'm like, what are y'all doing? See, like, ain't nothing in Old Muggy. Of course, Drew, he could elaborate more on Old Muggy because, you know, he stayed there all his life. But to me, like, Old Muggy was the place to be. And um, from, you know, just Fifth Street, Rodeos, Greenwood Lake, like, they used to they, yeah. they used to be popular. That's the only time I liked it. It actually was the Rodeo. They had rodeo the, um, yeah. what you call it out there at OSU, okay, OSU. Uh, horse yeah, the yeah. Horse Pen. Yeah, the Horse Pen. That's my Andy's Land. Horse Pen. That's my Andy's Land where they used to party at. Yeah, that's my Andy's Land. I but kick it out. Yeah, there. Um, and again, the police ruined it. It was, it was basically... The biggest black weekend in the state of Oklahoma was Old Muggy Rodeo Weekend. And the police diminished it. They tore down the car wash where all the black people hung. Police started harassing people. It got so bad. We I drove to Old Muggy in 2004. And I had my partner with me, DeCoven Edwards. The police pulled us over and gave him a ticket. He was in the passenger seat. That's how bad it is. Oh wow! They down there harassing people, and they just mm-hmm. ruined. They ruined a the weekend. They ruined a, a very good weekend. But I don't hear about it no more. I don't exactly. Hear about the rodeo you don't. Like, yeah. it, it, it's, it's it's the last couple of years have been been solid down there. Um, weather permitting, it rained a couple of years there in a row too. But it's it's a lot of people down there that are doing some some real good things. The community yep. trying to build it back up. So and. And in the process, we are too. We 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 got people that we function with no muggy still, and oh, that's good. you know, trying to come up with different different uh, avenues to kind of get old muggy back up and running. It would be good to tap into that. Yeah, awesome. yeah. I mean, you know, we got we got homeboys who 
who do toy drives, uh, free food on Thanksgiving, you know, back to school, um, back to school drives, like donate, uh, supplies and things of that nature. And then, uh, um, Rodeo weekend, we have like a big basketball, alumni basketball game up there. Um, Hold on, let me tell you how hard the rodeo used to go. So, you know, my mama is from that area, right? And before she passed, she said, just park my, she said, if I pass away in the rodeos that weekend, just park my, park the hearse in the, in the rodeo ground parking lot. Mm -hmm. No, she didn't. She did. And I actually, and she passed away the rodeo weekend. No, she did. She did. And so I actually considered Uh, that. I almost thought about that because she was very down there. But she said that. She said, if I pass away, because we used to go to the rodeo. Mm -hmm. And she said, if I pass away and the rodeo is going on, just have them park my... Hey, Park media owners. What she said. The rodeo used to. It really used to be that real. Like it went hard. From 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 six years old to like yeah. fifteen, I didn't miss one. Yeah. Like it it was oh, like wow. you you had to be there. And like I said, man, it, hopefully we can get it back like it used to be. Because you think That's about you have your first day of school fit, and rodeo was always the weekend before <laughs> the first day of school. So oh, you was like, shoot. nah, we all about that Saturday night rodeo <laughs> fit. We don't have to wait. We might, we might be on the double back and wear it again next week. But, uh, that, was, that was the focus of the end of summer. <laughs> yeah. That's what's up. That is, that is crazy. They would be from your... You know, I know. You, know, you really don't. I don't. I don't find a lot of people from that area, but it's you know, yeah. it's not from down that Oklahoma, way. Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, in Tulsa too. We got a lot of a lot of people in Tulsa that has been reaching out to us and, and showing love. I went to a couple events up there, you know, just because they have the whole little, I guess, quote unquote, awakening with the you know race riots or whatever. It's starting to get a lot of notoriety right now, but. They got a they got a pretty good movement up there going as well. This culture, art, you know, influence. What do you mean the uh, race riots? Uh, it was the nineteen twenty race riots there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The Black, oh, so Wall, Street. Black Wall Street. Yeah. Um, okay. Black Wall Street. That that whole time frame there. Um, just starting to acknowledge it and you know come forth with a lot of the truths that that happened. You know, and then I guess maybe a, not so much a rebirth, but a revolution of trying to bring some of those things and ideals back. So are they embracing y'all though? Because you know how like I feel like Tulsa people feel like there's a competition. Divide. Yeah, between Tulsa and Oklahoma City people. Yeah, I mean, coming from me living in both places, you know, living in Tulsa for for many years, then you know, moving up here to the city, um, it, it's all it's all love from what I've experienced because that's what we show is love. You know, like it takes a lot to hate the hate a person. You know, it exactly. has to get real personal and. Uh, none of those issues have arrived with anybody that's uh, involved in anything in Tulsa. So. That's good, then. That's good. They're actually coming out with a movie. Um, have y'all seen it? The trailers for it? Black Wall Street? It. I haven't seen it yet. No, yeah. Is that uh, the movie that DeCoven is directing? I'm not sure. I know Courtney McQueen, he's going to be. Yeah, and that's how uh, I've seen it because it was on his page. DeCoven. DeCoven oh. Riggins. Douglas Trojan, really? Class of 2002. Is actually the one that's directing that movie. I had no idea. Yeah. Why do black people do that? What? Re- you know, you only relate people back to when you went to high school. Like the only time they did that is here in Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> 
Only the only place they do that is here in Oklahoma. So when you and people say that to me, like when they meet you, they ask you like, "So what high school did you go to?" That's what I'm saying. But but that's how we relate to each other. He said 2002. You remember? Is that like? That's my classmate. They gonna give you a Oh, you graduated in 2002. Yeah, that's my my classmate is the one that's directing that. Makes more sense. I had no idea. I'm like, damn, how did he know when you graduated? I'm like, he came in 2002. Because that's when he graduated. But I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because when you walk in a, to meet a person, y'all ever notice that show, though, when you walk in to meet people and they be like, so your name is such and such, what high school did you go to? When you yeah. It don't matter how long ago was, you graduated. They, they want to they know if you know somebody to know somebody to know somebody. That's right. And don't be knowing how to, because when we got to him, yeah. I was like, so what high school did you go to? He was like, oh, I'm from Ogmogee. Oh, yeah, we don't know you. Yeah. <laughs> nah. You didn't? Born and raised all years in Ogmogee. So you probably know my family then, okay? Of course you do. I'm pretty sure. We probably do. What's your family's name? The last name is Antoine. Yeah. You know some Antoines. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Antoine's around. And And who? Dan Reese. Dan Yep. Yeah, they ride them horses. I went to my aunt's house and like the whole house was rodeo. Like even her tree. She didn't even have like garland. She had rope. Like, oh God. It's real. It's what's up. And she had a, instead of like a tree top or a star, she had a cowboy head. Creative. That sounds about right. Like everything. I said, damn, cowboy everything. Yeah. But that's a cute idea. It was cute. Yeah, that is cute. It sounds cute. Y'all ain't never been to Omega Rodeo? No. No. It's 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 an experience. It's something you should you should do. That's why you never asked him. You know, yeah, he was doing a bowling, so it's nothing yeah. like bowling rodeo. Because, yeah. like he said, but it used to be. Bully's a little bigger. It used to be jumping, but it. When they tore, when they when they start harassing and tearing down the things that we like to do, then it kind of starts dwindling down. Yeah. Man. Because everybody the, the, the parties the at the horse pens. The horse pens. It pins. sound it sound real country, but everybody everybody from Tulsa used to be there. I rent a bank of my home. It would be so packed, but you couldn't even see. Like you had to have like your car lights and shit on because you couldn't see nothing. Yeah. Like people be driving their stunner cars. Yes. Driving up and down Randolph. It used to be. It used to yes. be cool. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like everybody, like from the city, would go down to Oakmoggy Rodeo. See, no. I ain't never mm-hmm. been to Bowley or I've, only, I've only been to Bowley Rodeo. You know, I haven't been, I've been to Bowley, but not Bowley Rodeo. Mm-hmm. I've been to Bowley, but I've never been to Bowley Rodeo. No. I do How not y'all gonna be from Ugmuggy and don't ride horses? When I was younger, I haven't ridden horses. Wow. I fell off one in about the sixth grade, and I was <laughs> That's terrified. a surprise, though. All your life, and you never got into riding horses? Not into it. Uh, we played sports, fish. But Ugmuggy is like the city of the country. It it's is. More, it's more and so it's not really. It's. I mean, if, once you get into like Preston and Biggs and, and like Grayson, no, Muskogee is Muskogee is more city than Oakmont. Is it? Yeah. yeah. But when you, when, whenever you start talking about like Grayson and Hoffman and you know Liberty, them towns, <clears throat> then that's like straight. You got to get. Yeah. You got a PO box and you got to drive on a dirt road to get to your house. That's that's country. Yeah. So, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah Muggy is like the city because yeah. they got a hospital, they got a college, like got a Walmart, yeah. they got a stage. Yeah. Like they, okay, that's cool. I didn't even, I didn't know. Pivot Sports, you know. Yeah. Muggy got a little <laughs> stop lights. Yeah. They got stop lights and paved roads. It's cool. It, it, like I said, it used to be real fun. I went down that way for Thanksgiving and got stuck really? because I was on like a dirt road when it was raining, it was mud, and I just got stuck. You got and stuck. I just said, forget it. Got out the car and just started walking. Huh? Yeah, yeah. My like in my aunt's house. I got stuck. I couldn't. No, move. but you were at her house already. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, it's all like there is no like pavement. It's just gravel or dirt. Like that's it. Or grass. Like there's no. There's no nothing. 
So, I mean, you got to, I mean, if you get stuck, you get stuck. But, see, I'm a city girl, and so my car got to slide and all by her, her husband. So, I was like, you know, I'm just leaving. <laughs> I'm just park right here and get out the car. And so she went out there with my wheel and got me on out. Yeah, yeah. Got like, she used to it. Real quick. Yeah, and she yeah. was like, I got you. She got me right on out of there. I said, all right. <laughs> had mud everywhere. I still got mud all in my car. You washed it? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Okay. Well. So, anyway. I know you have some questions on the... Uh, I don't have my phone. Girl, I, I got mine. But we were talking about, what, just the black, some of the... Some of the black, um, some of the things that happened in the media, I guess, that we had. Um, so, did y'all see that thing about um, George Zimmerman trying to sue Trayvon Martin's family? I saw that headline. Um, once I see his name, I kind of lose interest in yeah, okay. exactly what he's talking about. But uh, I heard a little bit about it. Um, that, that, that's kind of that's privilege. Yeah. I mean, what do y'all it think is. about that? Because he's trying to, like, sue them for, like, $100 million? Yeah. $100 for a defamation of character. Like defamation yeah. of character. Yeah. Like, you killed their son, and you're trying to sue them for defamation yeah. of character. He killed their son, and two seconds later turned around and profited from the fact that he killed their son. Like, yeah. he was making paintings and doing all kind of random shit after that whole trial. Yeah, he was I mean, and the, the sad part, and... yeah, the sad part of it is you can't really do anything with it because you can't do double jeopardy. All you can do at this point, the family... All they can really do is go sue him civically. And they said they're not because he right. doesn't have any money to sue. So it's right. Yeah. Yeah. So to expect him to be, I mean, to the fact that he's suing them for defamation of character is not really, I guess, a surprise to me. But do you think me. it's a publicity stunt, though? Everything like, he's done yeah, at this point. Yeah, just so he can get attention, definitely. Yeah. Everything he's done I mean, because point, if you think yeah. about it, like, his, like the trial was like completely funded, I believe. Like he has so many supporters like mm-hmm. paying him and supporting him and paying his lawyer fees. So, I mean, it's just like one of them situations like where... You didn't ran dry? He just he needs to be in attention, yeah. yeah. But, you know, the man that's actually his lawyer is the one that kept on fouling to get Obama out of office. You know, about the birth certificate stuff and kept on fouling. Mm-hmm. That's who his actual lawyer is. Zimmerman's lawyer. Oh, I didn't know that. Girl, yes. So, but I just think that's inconsiderate. And it's just basically what they're saying is you're just making it feel as if the parents are going through the whole ideal of his murder again. You know, just going back through the whole process... Mm-hmm. You know, which is dumb. You know what I'm saying? They basically have to start all the way back over. So, what the is the defamation? I guess what what is the what is he saying they did to as defamation? Said he murdered their son. <laughs> like he did. I know he that um, he, he, he innocent. Like, but he's, he's not really innocent. Yeah. But he sent he killed. I mean, so I guess that at the end of the day, you did really kill somebody. You killed him. Yeah, killed so him. that's not defamation uh, of character. He mentioned something similar. Uh, when Jay Z had that lyric that they killed uh, XXX and let Zimmerman live, yeah, he he made a statement in the press, I believe, around that time, talking about that was the family's character and would allow him allow him to continue with his life because he was bringing it back up in a sense, you know. So it's kind of reverse roles now where he's exactly. trying to play that card. The victim, the yeah. victim shit. Exactly playing victim. I just yeah. I don't, for me, I guess, I, I it's not surprising to me. Um, I think the person he is, the character that he's shown us, the kind of, the person that runs down a teenage boy with Skittles and a drink in your hand and calls you a threat yeah. and then tackles you and shoots you. I don't think that there is anything beyond your character that you would do. So for me, I, I just think that when it comes to somebody like Zimmerman, I think, I don't know that it would be beyond him at this point to be... Doing dumb shit like this right now. Hell no. 
Yeah, like no. you mentioned, it's not surprising at all. Like, I mean, I, I thank you for letting us know this who you are. Yeah. Because I mean, I think that to me is probably more important yeah. <laughs> because you got some folks walking around here tiptoeing and they still have some of the same beliefs and they ain't saying nothing yeah. to nobody. And, and nobody and knows. And nobody knows. They still right. seeing your neighbor or somebody. Right. Like shit. I mean, gun your kid down and you didn't even know that that was their character because they don't speak up. So I guess that's the difference between overt and covert racism. Which one do you yeah, prefer? I mean, if you look at the whole just landscape of society now, the political landscape, like, the the only positive I feel you can take from that is you're able to identify these people that feel that certain way because they don't have no shame about telling you that anymore. They don't. They'll let you know that's what they stand and believe in. They'll try to twist it to make it seem like they're patriotic or this is what USA is to them, you know. So, I mean, if you if you want to twist it to make it positive, that's, that's it, you know. They, they're not afraid to show it. I mean, at the, I guess at that point, it lets, you don't have a choice but to accept what that is. Yeah. Take it for what it is right. and then know your know how to deal with them in that space. Sure. I mean, so we got you got a, a president. I mean, like I said, I think that he makes a mockery of the entire thing, but he's attention seeking. Everything he's done yeah, is attention seeking. But we're living in an era of people <laughs> who are definitely who are attention seeking. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I I don't know, could you call that a mess with? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've never seen a more president in my life. Uh, no. no, like when Kamala, you know, the black lady, she, um, she's not running anymore. I don't know if you've seen that, <clears throat> but she jumped out because she couldn't afford it. And he said, what did he say? I don't know if y'all seen the tweet, I did. but something about it was nice. Basically, it was nice having you in here or something. And she was like, well, I'll just see you in trial. But I mean, whatever he said, it was so petty. Like, why do you have to be so yeah. But why would he even have to respond? That's because he is who he yes, is. Yes, but it's horrible. <laughs> Is he is. I mean, they it was is. talking about him as a response. I don't even remember the tweet. I wish I would have remembered the tweet. But somebody tweeted something out and he responded, my dick or some shit. Like, <laughs> oh, wow. It was something weird, something that made you say the president didn't do that. But I mean, that's... So then that brings you back to this question of like, what are we really as a society? That that's our president. That's the forefront of what we represent what represents us as a country like y'all think you're going really win again got yeah. it probably I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it somebody what you thinking I, I think it, it's gonna depend on a couple of factors it depends who the Democrats come with and it depends on who all shows up to vote at the end of the day cause even though he won the total vote or uh, Hillary won the total vote um there's still a lot of votes that was left on the table that could turn some of those states. So, but he's also I, done a couple of like his newest policy that he just recently passed is the the bill about you know food stamps and assistance. Yeah, and a lot of people agree with that. You know, so what what is it? Exactly? Where basically, so in order to have food stamps, um, you get food stamps if you don't have a job. But you basically have to have a job now to get food stamps. What's wrong with that, though? No. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. So, no, but what I'm saying is it's a good thing. A lot of people agree with it. So, they're basically saying that you have to have a job. Now, if you're homeless or you don't have a job, you get food stamps for three months. After three months, you either have to get a part-time job or you go to and participate in a vocational um, school. So... I mean... And will they pay for the school? They pay for it. So you go through and they pay for it and you continue to get your food stamps to get some kind of job training so that you can become independent. I don't see nothing wrong with that. I don't see it, but that's what I'm saying. So you can be petty as shit. But I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't agree with us. us. 
But no, what I'm saying, I agree with that though. Because I do, but it, a lot as of a person getting up every day, going to work every day, I, I do believe the system is to help people. Right. But at the same time, I feel like if you're an able body, you should have a job. But you say a lot of people don't, but a lot of people that don't probably aren't voting. So the people that are voting are going to be those who are saying, your ass needs to have a I'm job. Just, no, yeah. I agree with you. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So then I'm when we talk favorite. about things like that, yeah. so when him passing mm-hmm. policies like that and things where people have for so long felt like... So what what the issue I think that we're running into as a country is that you have a level of white people who feel like they aren't being heard, who see black people winning and gaining things, who see Hispanic people winning and gaining things and feel like they're becoming the minority. And no longer the majority. And that's going to happen because we're a, a melting pot as a country. I don't think it's a, a majority. I mean, a minority to black people. They're becoming a minority probably. That's what I said sense. to the world. They're becoming not, not like, period. Us. Not necessarily to us, but I'm saying they see different cultures gaining things. And they feel like we get a leg up because we have, you know, they they complain about HBCUs. Why do y'all have a historically black college? When you have to, because a lot of people don't. When you don't get the history behind why we have a historically black Which college. Which Congress just passed the way, by the way, like to keep continue to fund it. Because did you go to Langston? I did. Okay, so my daughter goes to Langston, and she actually complained about because I guess they had stopped funding at some point for the um, like the daycare program, mm-hmm. and so she said like a lot of parents was having to bring their kids to class. Like in the middle of the semester. Yeah. Like because, why are you having yeah. to Because they're starting to because you have a lot of complaints that, well, we don't have a historically white college, but people but don't think about really it like do. historically white <laughs> colleges <laughs> are like every college is historically white except for And the reason why HBCUs were created right. And the reason why HBCUs were created was to give us a space and a college to be able to be in. But if you don't have that if you're say you're twenty five and your family never is has never given you that history or taught you that, then you have the question of why is there HBCUs and there's not a historically white college? It is though they call PWIs. Right. Predominantly white. white. Right. Every, every, every major college. Right. Exactly. But you have to my daughter talked about that. She said, I don't want to go to a PWI. I said, What is a PWI? Right. A predominantly white institution. But the problem is they don't see it. So they don't understand it. They don't understand it. There are programs that have been developed to include us and so that we weren't excluded from it. But then you have that issue. So they see Donald Trump as somebody who's doing something about these people who have been taking from them. Because think about it when you have, um, what is it? What was it called? Um, Hey, we don't have it in Oklahoma no more. Um, Where black people, where you have to hire black people. Oh, affirmative affirmative action. People felt like, well, I didn't get the job because they had to hire this black girl and I was more than qualified for their job and they had to hire the black girl because they didn't have a black girl in the company. But you didn't think about they have about 20 other white girls in the company and you're right. They don't have any of us there. So I should be able to be hired. But a lot of them think of it as a privilege for us. They don't necessarily catch the concept that, that it's not our privilege, right. that, yeah. that what's going right. It's right. still your privilege. And I get that you might not necessarily get the job, yeah. and I might get the job just because I'm black, but who really wants a job just because you're black? Exactly. I mean, because you got to work twice as hard, stay, the, get there earlier, stay later. I mean, when later. I met you, I was the only black <laughs> In the company, and then you came, and it was like, hey! hey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what I'm saying, you gotta work finally. <laughs> <laughs> I was the only like, I mean, hey, but girl. that's what I'm saying. Like, people don't understand.
understand like being the only black person or the token black person in yeah. the company you work harder you stay longer you work in later hours you trying to even though you're just as qualified as Susan shit you might even be more qualified than Susan Greg and Gary they asses come late don't stay don't do half they work and you still doing all they work and yours and you still gotta go above and beyond yeah. to try to prove your right. self but that's just what we have to do and we know that though right yeah. but what I'm saying is we know, we know that, that. We but I don't that. think that I think that where Donald Trump comes out of is he festers out of a generation of people who don't understand that, who don't understand our fight no, and our battle, no, and don't understand don't what we right, and don't want to understand it. They look at us like we we keep calling them privileged, and they don't understand their privilege. But I think I honestly think like the millennials is a different generation though. Um, it I depends really on who you. Way. But and and that's and that's too because we're a little far further away from racism. When you think about racism, you think about the 60s. My mom was only 50, like 55. So you're thinking about a lot of our parents who still were born into that era. To the extremism. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you think of racism, like you said, I mean, it's generational. So, I mean, it's it's taught on, like, there, there won't be a true end until... Until you, know, you exactly. get rid of... Yeah. And you, I mean, we're probably going to be have to be like 50, 60. You're talking about 100 years away from racism. Yeah. Before we... I mean, hundreds of years. I think it's going to have yeah. to probably be it's as many long, years <laughs> as we want. I, like, I think it's still, still going to be racism whenever we 50 and 60. It's, right. It's still alive and well today. It will, but it'll be, it won't be as bad, though. Yeah. We hope. We hope. I don't think so. I don't I mean, know I that it it'll won't. still be there, but I feel like... Even like commercials now, kind of like incorporate more like interracial. Just because you incorporate interracial like H and M's commercial with the little monkey in the jungle, or that you would even think it's okay to post. Okay, so let me ask y'all a question though. It was like you know everybody was mad or whatever because you know the mama let her son be the monkey because you know he had the monkey or whatever. But the mama was looking at it from a financial standpoint. They paying me. Yeah. How would y'all feel like if they came to your kid? How would y'all feel if they like, okay, we'll pay y'all, say, $20,000 if you let us put a monkey on your kid? I doubt that they said that. I don't know. Do I'm that. just saying. I'm just daughter. curious. They didn't say it like that. Hell no. I'm, they didn't say it I, like I'm that. I'm wondering what did they say? Did they just or say they just probably had They didn't outfit, tell right. her. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because, of course, you know, I would hope. But are we, like, are we? But and then again, like. They know, know they gotta know what's messed up if they gotta ask you that. Like, I, I don't think it's okay it's, if I put I'm money on sure this shirt. I don't think they made it. Okay, so they didn't ask because they didn't try to make a big deal well, of let me it. Say, I just feel like I feel like sometimes, and I'm not. I mean, I think that was wrong, but I think sometimes we as black people make everything about race. And everything is not about race all the time, I feel. I feel. Like okay, but I think what has to happen. Sometimes, but it's I feel not. Like more, but more, I think more what, than less. I don't think I that. Do. Too, I think what it is is ignorance. I don't think it's racism. I don't think it's racism based, it's but ignorance. I think it's ignorance. I think what it's happens ignorance. is. I don't think that they. Uh, so, example, exactly I posted, a, I posted a, a, a post on Facebook and I said putting monkeys and bananas on black children is equivalent to putting crackers and trash cans on white <laughs> children. And then taking a picture of it and posting it. And I got a bit of backlash from that. But here's what I'm saying. It's the equivalent. And why I say it's the equivalent, just as offensive as the terms cracker and trash and white trash are to you guys, it's as, as offensive as calling us monkeys and throwing bananas at us. I have literally, I was probably about maybe 10 or 11 years old. And when I first started, my first experience with racism was one time I was at a baseball game and I was probably about eight. I'm going to say that. Because, you know, you get them spurts where you're just like, you know, as a kid, you didn't realize it. And then somebody says it. 
But okay. when I was at when I was eight years old, I was at a baseball game, and the baseball player comes, and this I, we had the A's or something. It was kind of equivalent to the Red Hawks like we yeah. got now. They come, the baseball player, and I'm standing at the gate. All the kids run up. I don't know what happened because I don't know what's going on. I'm just standing at the gate watching the game, and the guy specifically reaches down, taps me, and gives me the ball. And this little white boy was like, he just gave that nigger the ball. And I was like, what just happened? Mm. At eight years old, I run to tell my daddy because the little boy was bad at me. And I was like, daddy, what just happened? But people don't understand the concept. When I was 10, almost 11, I'm walking down the street and we're like in our neighborhood. This is before Hefner is even paved. But these... I don't know, random. It's just on a truck. Or I don't know where the hell they had bananas, but they throwing bananas at us. What would make you in your, get yeah. in your truck and throw bananas at little black kids? And see, I never had that experience because yes. I'm, I'm an East Sider. You know and what I'm saying? So, so, life, and so yes. I never had to deal with any of that. Like, I've only been Have you around. ever had to deal with racism before? Not really. I mean, maybe in the workplace, maybe, like, somebody trying to, you know. Oh, like, you, so they just but, under the table. So, but blatantly but having no, not to blatantly, deal with. No, because I've always grown up around black people and been but on But that really side. doesn't mean that you wouldn't actually encounter racism. No, to me, like, I've never, like. I mean, not. I'm. I'm gonna say, like, not to my knowledge. I'm gonna just say. Yeah. Have you ever had an encounter with, like racism? Um, I have. I mean, like I said, well, we played a lot of small towns playing sports back in high school, and I mean, the things you hear from the stands or the coach telling you to leave your helmet on when we're shaking hands is just because you know you can feel that that dynamic, and oh, I mean, that's crazy. being called a, a nigger in, in <clears throat> high school that you know it almost got. To a norm, you know, where you just kind of shrugged it off. Like, I mean, it happens, you know. So, I don't see how anybody black hasn't had that experience in, in some kind of yeah. fashion, you know. But I think it depends on your experience with white people. I've had workplace racism, but yeah. not, like, to the point to, like, where I have to keep my helmet on so they can't see my skin No, but I'm just saying, even workplace racism, like, no. yeah. I mean, I'm sure. It can... can yeah, yeah, it I'm can turn sure. to something. You know, even workplace somewhere you got to go through on a day to day yeah. basis, and you know, it's racism. That's that could be horrible. I'm sure. There's a lot of prejudice yeah. in, in that. In the workplace, yeah, I mean, yes, it is very much so. My my first experience it tripped me out because <laughs> I was at church, and I, when I stayed in Old Muggy, I used to go to this church with some some white folks, and uh, I was in the youth choir. You know, I was the only black kid in the youth choir, and it was like two or three other black people that went to the church. Well, at the end of uh at the end of choir rehearsal, this this el this older white man named Henry was like, Let us pray. And um everybody bowed their heads. He was like, Dear Lord, no true story, dear Lord, I come to you this day just asking that you protect our children, dear Lord. Protect them while they in school. Keep them safe from our black kids. And whenever he said it my one of my one of my best friends as a kid, I looked at him. I said, "Did he just say that?" And he looked at me and shrugged his shoulders, and that was the last time I ever went there. The last time I ever stepped foot in the church, and it just tripped me out. I was like, "Dang, that's crazy!" Protect like, him from black kids. He really just said that. that. Really and then a couple of weeks before that, it was a girl at the church that I used to be friends with. Like we used to talk on the phone as innocent kids, like nothing more, nothing less. And uh, one time I called, and uh, her daddy answered the phone and was like, um, I said, you know, such and such home. He was like, nah, and you know what, just um, don't ever call her again. And hung up on me. And in my mind, I didn't understand. I'm like 10 or 11. I'm like, 
why why are you treating me like that? I had no clue, but yeah, that those was my first experiences, and that was years ago, and it was crazy. Tripped and me I out. think what happens is because we get people who like Dante has grown up on the east side who has kind of been a little bit protected from racism who look at people and say, well, you being sensitive. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting monkeys and bananas on my kids. I'm not saying people are being sensitive. You said maybe some are because, we, No, no, are because we. I feel like, but that's my deal with the police, though. I told you I had encounters with the police that I feel some type of way. that I, That's where I feel like I experience racism the most. But that's what I'm saying. I didn't have encounters with yeah. the police, I mean, police I'm just too. saying, like, but, I mean, that's where I feel. I mean, you know, like, I yeah. was raised or whatever, but that's where I feel like I experienced it the most. But as far as, like, growing up the entire time, I was always around, like, black people the entire time. And then when I went to Capitol Hill, my ninth grade year, it was, like, the worst experience I ever had because Mexicans stuck together, white people stuck together, and it was, like, the look, couple black people or whatever. And it just wasn't for me. But yeah, I think so. I don't know that it's. I, I don't know that it's being sensitive to it. I think some of us have had experiences with it, and so just since you've had experiences with it, you can say it's offensive. But it makes sense if you grew up like where you, because you grew up on the north side, so right? It makes sense because I mean, and you as a kid, you were out driving, you walking down the street, and somebody just randomly starts throwing bananas and shit at you because that's their that's that's offensive, you know. And so, yeah, don't put no bananas and no monkeys on my kids. You know, so for me, it will be offensive. And to me, it is the equivalence. Even though being called a monkey or being related to a monkey for black people has been something that's been from slavery time all the way back, you know. And then you take white trash or cracker. What if I I put that on your kid? And you was offended because you grew up and somebody called you a cracker. When you was 10 or 11, just hollered and screamed just for no reason. Or, girl, get this crack out of my... You know, or somebody called you white trash. You know, and then they put that kind of stuff on your kids. How would you feel? But I could see that where you live because, like, y'all grew up in, like, a two-story house. Which I'm just saying, like, for me, like, being a black person, like... <laughs> she act like you that two-story, two-story house, house... like you was rich. First of all, that two-story <laughs> house was falling a fucking hard. Not necessarily. Girl, because it had a two-story house. So, first of all, Dante always want to give us this, we was extra two-story house person, where that house was falling a fucking heart. <laughs> I got burns on my body yeah. from that house falling apart, from packing water. I can tell you stories from packing hot water up them two-story stairs. It would have been better if it would have been one-story. Because I wouldn't have tripped over the damn stairs. So... That being said, just because we lived in a two-story house didn't mean that nothing. It's my parents, yeah, not, they tried, they was trying to get shit, to the middle class. I'm living in a struggle real. <laughs> I don't know how you're the outside looking at you. I get that, but I'm just saying. I live in a two-story house. We broke. We make it. We make it. I take care of the babies and the bills is paid. But I don't want you to look no different because we got a two-story house. I'm just saying, but I'm just saying, being a kid on the east side, when you think of a person with a two-story house and that a was just your perception. Car, that was that your was perception. Yeah. But that ain't the case. It's right. Like, well, money. <laughs> hold on, wait. And what nice car? Because, hold on, the car broke down. It was sitting in the driveway. <laughs> Baby, no. It was, we was struggling over there. We was, I, my mom was just trying to keep us stable, baby. But okay. we was Did stable and raggedy. I actually, well. Or what's our town? So, from 90 to 97, I was in Omuggy. Okay. So I kind of grew up there, but I stayed on the east side for 
uh, like a year and a half, and okay. then I I stayed north most of the time. Like okay. my family, oh, is, you was rich too. She yeah. Yeah, she because <laughs> <laughs> no, I stayed, we stayed on the way from the little apartments. <laughs> so we was far in North Island. We was far from rich. She wouldn't consider she that wouldn't rich. Consider yeah. North <laughs> now when I now when I used to stay at my Amy house, she stayed in the village. So you know, yeah, that was, was kind of like living. You know, they got right. over there. Right. My Amy stayed in the village. I spent a lot of time over there. We was in Broadway Park. I remember the birds. Broadway Park was more of the upper school. No, Broadway Park was not no echelon. No, it was not. Broadway Park was ridden of of games. We used to have have a police... You got so used to the police lights in the backyard, we used to wave at them. Yeah. <laughs> there they go. Y'all around for Here they go. Right. Here they go. I swear, every kid... I mean, all the guys that I grew up with in Broadway Park, by the time I made it, and I was younger, so I was considered like one of the younger kids. So they just left us alone because we was little, but they kind of knew who we were. So they were like in high school. I was like in middle school. So by the time I got to high school, all of their asses was in jail because they, they did sweeps on man. all of them, they all of them's house. Mm, <laughs> I feel mm, like mm. <laughs> all of them was swept. Like they did sweeps on that whole neighborhood, and that's what it, that's what the that's why we had them had them flying over our neighborhood all the time. The ghetto birds, ghetto birds, so, so like, always every spring, flying. Every spring is bus season. It seems like baby, they used to they swept the hell out uh-huh. that yeah. uh, neighborhood. <laughs> I would agree. We live, how live. we live right right next door to a crack house. That's how close it was. I wouldn't doubt that. But yeah. yeah, we was. I mean, shit. Like I said, I not to. I mama should let go of that damn two side and the north side. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you can't really miss those. I mean, yeah, it's like you just you just know. Yeah, like, but I'm just saying, like yeah. being a kid on the east side. So I'm a. I I love the east side. I'm still on the east side, as you can see. And so it's like when you think of people on the north side, you like okay, they got money, they moved out, they moved away. We was in North Holland, so that was you know that was that was that was the next side. I mean, if you were if you were if she like this is North Holland's got some decent looking houses. No, ma'am, North Highlands. Whoever said whoever said my family lived in North Highlands. She must look. They must be wealthy. Whoever said that. My family said North Highlands. Oh, they must be really. I'm just saying that was my perception. Right. Or how did she take that? Actually, my house on the east side was nicer than the right. North I was going to say, how did oh, you I stayed take home that? I home 35th and Laird. That house was pretty cool. <laughs> you know, north side, like I said, when I moved to the north side, we we stayed in them apartments right there behind that Sonic. Off of, you know, off of Waverly? Yeah. Gutter, like super gutter, like. <laughs> my grandparents they literally right across the way from here. They house was nice. You talking about nice houses? East side. East side. Yeah, right I used to remember. I remember like driving through the neighborhood and always thinking, I want to own a home over here. Mm. I never ever thought about owning a home on the north side. That was never like my thought process. See, my thought process is when I bought a home, I tried to come back to the east side, but you know. Oh God, I know. Dante thought she was getting away. Really, Dante? 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 <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> If I don't move to Africa, I want to move back to the east side, though, for real, for real. I think a lot of us should move back to the east side. I love it over here. I love it. The only issue is, there's a lot of issues with having to move back to the east side. What's the issues? Um, if you have young kids, there's an there are issues that need to Education, be resolved. But they have I mean, my I got young kids, yeah. but my kids go to Kip. So that's what I said. But, you, but, if your, kid, but your kids aren't guaranteed to get into that charter because you had to go through they're a lot. Already of them. My kids well, now, already in there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yours are already yeah. in there now. And but if they since she had one there, kid, all her kids. Yeah, once you get one in there, they all right. I mean, but that's like I mean. So Anaya went, but Legend is so far behind Anaya. It don't matter. He still can still go. He can't because she's a you alumni. And we know. 
Hey, but you know what? Them homework, them homework packages do be getting on my nerves, though. Man. I, I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I, I ain't in school no more. Right my son do it. I just text my... Like, baby, like just brother baby almost is. done with his hair. Right. I got a seventh grader and a fourth grader. My son's really in third, but we skipped him up to fourth. So, I got oh, two of them shoot. over there. He probably like... Smart I, got, I got two of them over there, too. Yeah. I got one Seventh there. and fourth. But it's feel like you in school all over again, though. That packet, I will be like, how you gonna enjoy a break? Look, I be Googling it. Look, she go after him. I be like, go get the pen. The girl type it in my Google. I Googled something yesterday. Why with them packets because them they need to send home like a manual like okay these are the answers and I'm like, like yeah help your boy and out let me tell you something like, like you little dumb as hell yeah. <laughs> no, because I be telling my kids because they have a certain way how they do yeah, shit but I be like this is how you do it it's a little regular way they teach them a completely different right you learned it right what they have to do it 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 that's what I tell my son. He got me like, dang, what got me back in the middle of class? Jay's gonna tell me the other day. That's not the way my teacher told us to do it. Well, that's the way I learned it. And if you want to do it, go call her. Ain't they up there? Nine o'clock. Call your teacher. Call your teacher. Call your teacher. We definitely call mine. Girl, I be yeah, like that. I, I like it, you know. It challenges the kid, but sometimes it challenges me. I be like, man, it's like it challenges tiring. your kids, but you're gonna have to. But they, your kids got to find a level of dedication in that space to be yeah, able to pour it through. It, because yeah. Anaya was woe the hell out my by the time she got to school. By daughter, the time man. she got to high school, oh, mine ain't going to try the next year. My daughter's name is. Yeah, she Maya. was done. No, you're not Douglas. <laughs> Are you for real? I'm tired of Charter. She was done. Yes. I said she was done. So let me ask you a question though. Like, did you put your kid in charter because of Douglas High School? Because of the education? Well, be honest. Oklahoma City Public Schools in general, like, I just can't single out, you know. Tell me what the difference is between then and now though. Be honest. There's a difference. Well, like, then, like, when we was in school, is that what you mean? I mean, but the, it it was different. Like, the school system wasn't as bad. You know what I'm saying? Education, <laughs> yeah. It, I feel I feel like we learned if you applied yourself. No, you didn't. You know what I'm saying? We getting Let probably the same you. learning. We just maybe you just want better for your kids because you know that you. And there weren't really you. charters at the time no. that you could have sent your kids. I feel to like Douglas, no, no, I feel no. like Douglas passed me through. You think just so? Just me because I had a parent that wasn't like on me like wear your homework, make sure you do your homework. It was just kind of like just get up and go to school in the morning. So as long as I got up and went to school, she was cool. It didn't matter. But as I became an adult and when I got to college, it was certain stuff that I didn't even know when I got to college that I should have learned in high school. And I felt like I had to start over. And so I feel like I put my kids in charter school because I didn't want them to have that disadvantage. It was more of like, okay, don't be behind the curve. Like when y'all get to college, y'all going to already know like what certain stuff is. But I feel like even like typing class, I slept the entire school year. But that's your fault. It's no, not that they, but they still passed they through. They passed me through. <laughs> oh. you, know, that was, you know, that's Coach Long's wife. So I, I, I had this little computer okay, class. I had, to, I had to be on point. They all passed me through. No, I, they I mean, I can't say that, it, you know. No, it is. It's my mama's fault, but it's the school fault, too, because I wasn't doing shit. Yeah. Ain't no way that I should have been passing Maybe every that was just like that. over here. Like maybe it was, it was Douglas. That's why I didn't wasn't want to say Douglas. that, but it wasn't just Douglas. It wasn't because probably just Douglas. But Millwood has some of the same issues I'm because sure. I stopped learning math in eighth grade, and, and I can tell people that to this day because our freshman, our freshman math teacher, quit in the middle of the school year. So we had substitutes that was 
decided they wasn't there to teach, and they will tell you that. I'm not here to teach, so you they just give you shit. So first of all, it's math, so you have to teach me how this works. We got to my sophomore year, and we ran over the damn teacher. My and English, he he yeah. just let us run him over. My English teacher died. Our junior and senior. So this bitch quit teaching because her daughter died. Our junior and senior. Y'all remember we had we I had a teacher. That. Yeah, I remember that shit. You want to know why I remember that, that shit? White lady. Because when I got to college, <laughs> when I got to college, Mika, I'm like Dante. I started at the very bottom in remedial math. I was so I bad, and it was but so that, bad that when I got to college, the teacher that my freshman year teacher who quit in the middle of the school year. He was teaching college math. And so he knew why, from which I came. <laughs> so he took me under his wing. And the only way I got through the remedial classes is because he would he would have me come at the beginning of class and stay after class to, to, help me te- to help me learn what I did not learn in high school because he knew the education I came Let from. Me tell you how and that's was. a disadvantage. That well, shit is, that sucks. I hey, be- so you didn't have Miss Walker? Hell yeah. I oh, that's that's real deal. Yeah, I quit. I said peace because she was on some bullshit. <laughs> you wanted you to work? Yeah. That's real deal. You wanted to complain about the work. <laughs> you wanted to complain about the work. Sure. How about some silly teacher though? I had no back with Miss McKee. My kids don't like her. I said, I understand, baby. Baby, but you know what? She didn't. But Anaya know her math because Miss Walker stayed on her ass. No, Miss Walker is not the teacher. She is substitute. Oh, she was a teacher, but she same. was a teacher. It's I know what Miss Walker y'all talking oh, okay. about. That's a different Miss Walker. Arlene. Yeah. We talking about Arlene. Man, I had to double back and go to Miss <laughs> McKee to make up my, my grade. But let me tell you, so when I got to college, this is how sad it was. I didn't realize, like, Anne went before vows. This okay. is how sad it was. Because I didn't learn shit the whole time. And so I when that. I started writing, I didn't know that. I knew that. So when I started writing papers, and I, I was... Like doing like no, my see, grammar. I'm just thinking that she probably wasn't like. What was you doing? Hey, I'm not gonna play. Dante is it. speaking for herself. <laughs> Douglas Trojans. Douglas is an outstanding school. I'm not short sure in math, but Millwood taught us that <laughs> Ed was in front of us. Dante, Dante, no listen. Let me tell y'all. Don't blame it on Talk about my school. Okay, I get that, but what I'm saying is I shouldn't have been passed through. Yeah. Because I did not know you that. That's, not what, have I, that's what I'm saying. But my thing is, you should have knew some of that stuff, though. They was teaching it. You just wasn't. <laughs> I didn't you wasn't being receptive. <laughs> and then, and then being mad when yeah. the teacher told her yeah. she had to work. Dante was too busy, y'all. Dante, you know, she said we met 20-something years ago. Dante was too busy. <laughs> Let me tell y'all the truth. I was older, right? <laughs> Dante was using my ID. We was taking her out during the week to the club, to uh, Casanova. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty And sure she would use my ID, and Dante was kicking it. If she didn't want to learn. Regardless, regardless, <laughs> regardless, I'm just saying they shouldn't have passed me through. No, they should that's not have. That's my point. They but they're still doing, they still doing that know. today yeah. because they have the no kids left behind. No, yeah. fuck that. It's not about what I didn't know. I'm just saying they should not have passed me through. But what I'm saying is they're not. They that's haven't stopped with you. They are still doing that because currently now. So I had to go to college to play no, catch up to figure out like okay, and like, you should have been playing catch up because it was your fault. It was my fault. Yeah, yeah, and my mama's fault. Yeah, I'm gonna blame her. Yeah. You shouldn't. Yeah. You got at that age you pretty much kinda gotta be That's mm-hmm. the only place I feel yes. sure that was math. Mm-hmm. Millwood Millwood was okay. They taught us that Ann went in I'm front of math. Like, <laughs> yeah. They did. They taught us that she part. The numbers. The but numbers. I like you liked it. But <laughs> math was I like yeah. But the problem was they didn't have a strong math program in Millwood. And I can say they, they just didn't have the teachers. They couldn't keep teachers and we was bad as hell so we just would run a teacher off if you let a teacher i mean i remember one of my teachers he taught two kids 
my sophomore year. And if you wanted to join those two kids, or if you wanted to join the party, you had an option. Why the fuck do we have an option? This is a classroom. Yeah. You should have been out the classroom if you wanted to party. Right. I got a question for you because you was in sports, and I heard that like everybody in sports didn't have to learn because they were on the uh, football team. Uh, you know, <laughs> being, being, being the athlete that I was, it had, you know what I'm saying? It had it had its perks, you know. You know, a little extra help here and there. You know, I had got into some extra help, some uh, some academic trouble before a very big game, and uh, we was able to get some work and, and get it made up, and I was able to play. You know, it, it, it has its perks, but I mean, you know, that's that's every school. That is every. That's that's every yeah, level. Every school. That's that's it even is. college. Yeah, if you if you go to your major colleges, them athletes ain't just they in may there not be doing learning, it like depending that. on what they doing. Because I've I've dated a few don't athletes. Don't tell me that. Look, yeah. work. I have dated a few athletes and no, to make sure that athlete, so I do know. Make sure that you, yeah. what you have to make sure though is as a parent to an athlete that your kid gets a degree in shit that matters. Yeah. Exactly. And that your kid understands because they just now started to let they're starting to let them pay college athletes pay now. California. They get start getting for they, in for, California. For they, for they stuff that but stuff I like jerseys. But I thought yeah, that was like a legal stuff. No, in, in Oklahoma, in California, no. it is. No. It should be legal all the my, way. My around. nephew, it will be. It will my be. nephew, he because he just because he went to a junior college and he just got picked up by D one couple D one colleges, whatever. And he said, "I'm gonna get paid." Well. It's not it's in only, every state. It's not in every state. Sure. But it should be in every Albany. state. It should be in every state. Because what ends up happening yeah, is a lot of them do go get a degree. If it's a shitty ass degree, it ain't nothing you can do with that. You didn't play four years of, of, of football, basketball, whatever the hell you did for four years. And you done made this, this university millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And you come out and you homeless and they can't get a damn job. You got a degree, but it ain't that shit. What you do when you get a degree in culinary, um, uh, uh, what's that called? No, it's um called uh, pottery. The fuck with your put? Why did you put your? Why did you even let your kid? But some of kids are disadvantaged, and if you got a parent that's never been involved in your education yeah, and you I mean, just, just was really the good, league. they exactly. just trying to get you to the league. Yeah. Then you got a damn degree in pottery. What you gonna do with that shit in long, long term? That's like, why, why did you yeah. let them convince you to do that any damn way, son? Like, what was you thinking? Well, I was just gonna go to the league. Well, then you got hurt your junior year, and you ain't got shit to look to to. Show for that. I feel, right. I feel exactly. like my son, like my daughter, she's uh, involved in volleyball now, you know, and my son is, you know, pretty active in sports. And like if, you know, God willing, they grow up and become great athletes. I mean, I, I'll support them. But, man, my my main goal, me and my wife talk about it often. Like my wife, she owns our own, our own daycare. So, and, uh, and, you know, we got this black umbrella thing going. And I, I have an occupation that I go to. And, uh, but... The goal is, like man said, our kids up. Like, so Absolutely. if they don't go to college, like they got, my daughter could take over, because she's already around a daycare. She could take over that daycare when she 18, 19, and already be a businesswoman. And the same thing for my son. Like, that's that's what we really been on. I'm not promoting yeah. college like that, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we because, do, we don't I mean, either. I feel like it's a, I don't know if y'all ever watched, like, the 13th Amendment or whatever on mm-hmm. Netflix, mm-hmm. but it kind of, like, make you think like it's a whole business. And so it's oh, kind of like what? They, make a business. Business. they make you get a degree that you probably really don't need because they got to train you anyway and you got to pay back all these loans. But it's 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 like a cycle. That's so what you have to do is teach your so kids how to go that. to college. Yeah. So if oh, you're going absolutely. to college, you need to be going to college for something that's going to make you money. So like... That I didn't learn that until I got out of college because college is literally, and I tell every kid I, I, I come across, 
college is just a golden ticket. It's your Willy Wonka golden ticket. Y'all ever watch Willy Wonka? But you have to have it for certain yeah. places. But you have to have, so you just get your, you get your golden ticket. For a lot of good, I mean, you know what I'm saying? For a lot of places. Right. So you get your golden ticket. But the way you do it is, and see, like I'm telling my sister, my daughter currently, she wants to be a nurse. Go through this program over here that's $8,000 at a Votech. Get your LPN. Go work while you 18, 19 years old making $40,000 a year. Put that money back and then go through and then find you a job that's going to help you pay for education training. Yeah. Get that job. And you need to be asking in every interview. What would you know when they ask you them special questions? So, do you have any questions for us? That need to be one of your questions because yeah. that make you sound like you want to stay with the company, even if the hell you don't. And you do like when you normally when they pay you got you have to commit like five. Yeah, years you got to commit so many years. So with that, you, that can be a off the one by one. So anybody looking for a job, the first thing, and I don't give a damn if you don't care to further your education, but if you you should ask them if they have any kind of education reimbursement, tuition reimbursement, because it makes it sound like you want to be there long term. Because anytime you go through college, you got to go through college for however long you go through college. And then you got to pay them back that time. So that makes it sound like you really want to be here because you got to be. That's 10 years at least, especially if they put you through your bachelor's. That's four years through your bachelor's. And you got to get them the equivalent of a time. That's eight years they get from you as a person. That ain't how ours works. So it just, just depends on that. You know, well, it depends on the, pro, on the program. Because yes. like what our because program is, you so have I don't to have, have to give yeah. them anything. They actually pay for me to go semester. I don't have to give them yeah. that. Yeah. You have my to, job, no. it actually, because they pay for my master's degree. But I, I think I'm committed to like two or three years. Later. Yeah. Yeah. But that's fine. But I don't though. have to. Okay. So, well, my, see, that's something so that's different. just different. It's just different yeah. jobs. Yeah. So yeah. go find work. you a job that's going to pay for your education. Yeah. Go well, work I, at that job. And then go through OU's fast track nursing program. Yeah. Get your bachelor's. Because it's fast track. You won't be there for four years getting a bachelor's degree. And you got your LPN already paying you enough money to live. You only got to be there for so long. And then you got a job that said they'll pay for it. So then you get an experience through your job that said they'll pay for your education. You get your education. You stay there as long as it's going to take you to pay off whatever. Yeah. If that's what they program requires. Stay there long enough to do that. That builds your educate your educate your experience. And then you take your ass somewhere else and make more money. Amen. And you got you to gotta kind of think about like with some jobs too on the reimbursement because most jobs will not like my only my job will only pay towards something that's going to move me up in our company that's what i said like, she, I like in nursing go, or something like that like yeah. I, yeah that's what i'm saying so she would have to go get a nurse like it, something yeah. probably yeah because i can't go you know work where i'm working and say well i want to be, be a nurse, nurse. Yeah. Right, they're not gonna pay They're for like, me to be no. That's why I said you have to be like, strategic what is that about it. To this company, yeah, you have yeah. to be strategic about it. Which exactly. is why I said, you know, go do the eight month program, be an LPN, go work because you got to have a, a year's worth work experience under your belt in order for them to give you your, your to go through the bachelor's program and owe you through the accelerated yeah. program. So you want to be a nurse? Here's how you do it. Yeah, you go get that at eighteen, nineteen. But the unfortunate part about it is, is that a lot of us don't know that. We're not taught that. No, we don't know that. That's what aggravates me. This is so now. Our generation, we got the knowledge. Are y'all getting into the schools? We are. That's uh, something that we're getting ready to reach out to for career days. Because like um, everything, you don't necessarily need a degree for. But there's a lot of things that you have to have that trade or vocab. That golden ticket. Yeah, you do need that. no, anybody just can't go work on electricity or work on plumbing. You know, you have to go take those classes for that. And this is what I wanted to touch on earlier, just having my work history being in pharmacy, just going from different levels because 
it's just not that easy to, to move up without masters or doctorates and things like that. So uh, it is important, though, to, to be able to transition between those. It is. I mean, but like I said, just teaching them. But the other thing is, we don't know. So what kind of schools are y'all doing? <laughs> yeah. They know. Like, like have you all yeah, yeah, contacted that's, that's, schools? That, uh, we would like to start, what we're geared towards more uh, middle school age towards... Uh, high school so in middle school age I feel that's an area you can catch them before it gets into that crucial phase of starting to worry about ACT SATs things of that nature catch them catch them in that middle school age to to where they're free they're still developing mm-hmm. they not sure what they want to do but if you ask any 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 white kid what they want to do in the sixth or seventh grade they know and then they eventually do exactly. that you know but as us sixth and seventh graders we want to go to the NBA or we have this Maybe and it may be a dream to be a doctor, so but we don't have all the resources in place to, to what there. we need to do. Mm-hmm. What classes should we take? What extra classes should we take? You know, what I have to score to get in this school, or if I just need to go junior JUCO or community mm-hmm. college, what what I need to go when I go there? You know, because high school for me was it was a breeze. You know, and then I show up at Oklahoma State and it's not the breeze. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> like we said, you start at the bottom and shit, yeah. you be like, okay. damn, I was gypped. Right. I mean, cause like it's been. T- I've told like my I, I, they Anaya was missing her biology um, credit. And they were like, well, we can put her in the credit recovery. Hell no. Because when she go to college, if she decides to go to college, she's talking about being a nurse, she got to take biology. She needs to have seen that shit before she get to college. Exactly, yeah. And as a parent, you got to know that. I mean, and I think that the other disadvantage is if if you work in paycheck to paycheck trying to get your kids through and you never really went to college and you only got the best education you could get, it may be hard to teach your kids that kind of stuff because you don't it know. It is hard because I, I can say myself, I didn't go to college. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to college and it wasn't nobody just pushing college. Like my grandma wanted me to go to college, but college was not in my mind. Knowledgeable. You know, you just like go to college. But no, but like I had an aunt that went to college and they tried to push college on me. But my thoughts process was like, hmm. I can move out. I can work. I only went to college you know what I'm saying? football yes. and my <laughs> Like, you know what I'm saying? I didn't think that until, like, you know, I was like, I'm going to go to college. Grandma. So I went to junior college. But then I end up, you know, at that point, I'm 18, and I get a job at AT&T. I've been there ever since. I mean, so I should have went back at this point to college. But at that point, I guess everybody's not going to be blessed either. So that's the only reason I push my kids to go to college. Because everybody's not going to be 18 and get an AT&T job and be there 20 years. You know what I'm saying? It's just not going to happen. And, and it was like, you was making like really, really good money back then. It was no, like, it wasn't. Yeah, you for an 18-year-old. No, yeah, you was for an 18-year-old compared no, to one nine silvers. No. Yeah. I only made like a dollar somewhat, but I started off making really low. I tell you, I remember what I started off at $7.90, honey. <laughs> at $7.90, but I, within a year, I went up to probably about $17. That's what I'm saying. I remember but, you making a lot. But life. within a year, yes. I, I went up to a, a lot to within a year. Yeah, yeah, once a year. But when I started, I wasn't making shit. Girl, I was like, who the struggle? I don't know what the hell I was thinking starting out. But it was a long, it was a whole future process that I knew, yeah. a long time girl, that I knew that that 7 and 90 wasn't going to be in play for too long. So I have yeah. a question for y'all because you just mentioned white kids know like whenever they're little they know what they're going to be and they continue it. So go going back to like your 8 year old self, what did y'all want to be at like say 8, between 8 and 10? Are y'all doing what y'all wanted to do between when y'all no. were 8 and 10? What did you want to do between when you were I mean, 8 and 10? I really like sports. I thought I was going to either make it, I, I really thought I was going to be like a major league baseball player or a football player and uh, that didn't work out. So 
that's what I wanted to be. Okay. What about you, Capri? Um, my eight-year-old, ten-year-old self. My eight-year-old, ten-year-old self wanted to be an ambulance driver because I just hated traffic and I wanted to go. <laughs> <laughs> There was just somebody specifically trained to drive the truck. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you had to do no work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drive, <laughs> drive, the taxi driver for the ambulance. <laughs> but that's like eight year old. No, seriously. <laughs> but no, eight year old. I can remember me saying, "I'm gonna be a singer, or actor." You know, girl, because I love Whitney Houston, and my family used to be like, "Girl, get the foot on the floor." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay." I was an entertainer, so I liked it. Okay. What about you? I don't know. I, I had, you know, like he said, with sports, y'all, we all had those dreams, but I don't know. Cool. I, I wanted to be like my dad and my uncles. They was, they was just cool and dope. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, if they got a they job, said, I want a job, and be able to kick it like they do. So. What about you, Dustin? What did you want I to always do? wanted to be an attorney. At eight years old? At eight years old. Man, that's good. But see, the thing is, nobody taught us. Was at eight years old. <laughs> well, <laughs> I did. Let me tell you, because I, I, I grew up on the east side in Crescent Hills, and I remember, like, we never had a new car, never had a new house, never none of that. And so I remember, like, going to school and seeing people in, like, nice clothes and, and their parents having nice cars, and it was like, I want to be that. Yeah. And so, I mean, unfortunately, I'm not that, but, you know. But I still think about it. And so, I, I mean, it might be something I do one day. Who knows? You never know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I still think about it. I, if you still think about I it, I still you know, think about it. it. But I think what what happens is we have these dreams as kids in our community and we just be like, oh, that's so nice. Exactly. Instead of, instead of like, so I believe that what happens of where to drop, where we drop the ball or where we're uneven at is white families are, they are active alumni in their colleges. Mm -hmm. Their kids, them, they grow up in college environments. Like they go back every year to their, um, to their homecomings. Mm -hmm. They contribute to the schools. They have season passes to Mm -hmm. the schools, especially if they go to OU or OSU. So you have those kids that parents, that's, they parents have always talked, it ain't high school no more. They don't talk about high school. They, they quit talking about high school. They got to college and, and you know that, you know, they know the, my, my dad was a Princeton guy. My dad went to Harvard. Yeah. My dad went to, to that. that. It's a legacy. So what it is is a legacy. So you have to start talking to your kids and it's a constant thing. Like you put a Princeton, you putting a Princeton shirt on your kid when they come out the womb. Yeah. So I think it's a constant, you have to have already planned, even if That's your true. kids don't go down that road, you have already foresight or have a foresight of plan for your kids before you have your kids. You have your kids, you put a Princeton shirt on your kid. Yeah. Your kid taking newborn pictures in your in in your alumni uniforms or whatever. I see and, all and that all the time. Di- and that's our disadvantage, I feel, as black people, because like in my household, I was the only person that graduated high school. Right. Kind of my siblings. And that's what happens a lot of family. So it's kind of like yeah. to even go to college, it's like, oh, you're doing something. Like, But but to right. graduate college, I mean, high school, it's like, oh, you're it's doing something. It's a big deal. Something. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, see, that was a big deal. For me, I graduated, my mom graduated high school. My mom graduated from with her associates. So did my dad. Both of them got their associates. Neither one of them went further to get their bachelor's. So I'm the first in my my family to get their Which bachelor's associates degree. associates was good back then. Right. Unfortunately, not now. Exactly. Right. So I'm the first one in my, in my generation to get a bachelor's. My sister got her bachelor's but I think what ends up happening is we're so behind the curve and the ability to be able to get past like poverty and to actually be in spaces where we're not figuring out like how to feed us because 
I do believe in that. I always say that that hierarchy of need or whatever the hierarchy should, if my base goal right now is to feed y'all and get y'all asses to school, because that might be more than what I got. Yeah. Okay. Which is why we need more black umbrellas yep. around Oklahoma yes, city exactly. to actually incorporate that and actually get into the minds of young kids to let yep. them know, okay, this is a black man. These are two black men that I see they're successful. Right. And they're doing it. Right. You know, and they're teaching me and they're mentoring me or whatever. So I have a question. So are y'all going to do, you know how Kip do the uh, professional day every year? Mm-hmm. Did y'all do that? Did y'all do that this year? Uh, we didn't do that this year. Uh, we just, we got, I guess, officially LLC the June. Yeah, it was okay. June. So we, okay. we, we got about halfway through the year. So everything we've done thus far is, is started from June. But that is definitely a, a goal going forward is to do anything professional and and just give them another perspective. I know someone mentioned that that word earlier, and that that's what it's all about. Is we don't have that perspective of seeing uh, see black it. men or black women, black companies um, out there. It's funny you say that because some people don't believe that it's necessary. It's yeah, it's so necessary, and it black is. boys need it more than anything. Yeah. Well, I think I both. I both think both do, need it, but definitely black boys. Um, yeah. I think black boys need it because they don't have it typically at home. But I think it's very important to, because you think about what it feel like. Like you said, when you was the only black person at your company, if I came in and we was able, but if I came in and I was in a higher position, think about how how much that would have motivated you as a person, yeah. and how much they can motivate you. Like, oh, well, damn, yeah. they really motivate. They really um, promote black when people I, around here. Yeah, when you I know? worked at yeah. the FAA and I saw that, and it was you know black women in like higher positions, it made me. You know, it made me look. Okay, so what did they do? Let me look. But a lot, I think. Let me go. To I think both sides. Black boys need it, but just yeah. as much as black girls need it. I the reason know. I say that because you know they got to teach the black men, you know, what you need because they got to grow up to be fathers and husbands. That's true. And a lot of little girls like mine, she growing up and her daddy incarcerated. I, I know, you know that, but I'm saying, saying but, but I say that to say that black girls usually have their mother. But that, black it, fathers that, usually, that, I mean, that black boys usually don't though. have their father. That's but if you I'm have saying. a toxic ass mama, I get ain't that. But what nowhere. I'm saying is, like, you need to see other black men doing things. That's what I'm saying. Right. I think it's you important for you to see for us. Period to see for our kids as to see whole. us. Period as a, as, a yeah. as a whole. As a whole. I think exactly. you know, just as important as it is to see families working it out, like couples who are in marriages, for your kids to see your mama and your daddy in a happy healthy marriage i think it's just as important for them to see black women and black men and higher levels of, of places to be able to say i can do that because, i can attain exactly. that yeah. and then the amazing part y'all are both married which is good i mean that's yeah. a dynamic to it that they're able to see like not only y'all are doing it out here but y'all are also married black men Yes. Black women. Yeah, so I mean, black it's women. Setting a, 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 <laughs> you said what? Because that's rare too. So, yeah. It's yeah. rare. It's rare to see black men successful, successful black men yes. who are out in the community doing things. Because I, I'm gonna say that I'm gonna put that one out there too. Because a lot of black men think it's just important for me to be out in the community and for people to see me. And yes. I have my white wife who's standing next to me and they don't understand what that looks like in Absolutely. the community. Right. They don't understand the, the how you how you can shape your community in yeah. that way. And so I think that it is very important for black men to be with black women to show that there are black women can be wives and black women can be mothers and black men and black women can be in successful marriages. Yes. My wife is my, my number one fan. You know, and I know it sounds cliche, but, like, I really wouldn't be the man that I am today without my wife. So, big ups to her. And uh, 
back, going back to talking about, you know, um, interacting with the kids, like, you know, we, we coach youth sports and, you know, a lot of times, you know, that's what young black kids like to do exactly. is play sports, play sports. Well, in the process of them playing sports with us, you know, we, we always trying to speak to them about other things other than sports, you know, definitely education, you know, make sure you're doing right in school, you know, make sure you're being respectable after every game, you know, Coach Drew always be like, man, t go tell your parents, thank you for bringing, bringing you here. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. stuff like that, trying to, trying to raise, you know, productive young men. And I think, you know, getting a hold of them early because right now we got third grade boys. So, um, uh, just, just, just interacting with them early, I feel like, um, will help them in the long run because, me like coach uh, Drew his dad his his dad like was my father figure cuz I didn't have one and um playing sports with them like I know for a fact if I didn't play sports with them like I don't know what would have happened like I'm serious like standing old muggy like Fifth and sixth grade, I'm I'm out doing stuff like grown bad, folks. Yeah, bad kid, like man. I'm doing I'm doing <laughs> stuff like grown people do, but hanging with him and then his mom and dad, they kept me grounded. You know, you know, taught me a lot of things. But like I said, man, because I had access to a whole bunch of stuff that I could have been doing. Like at that young age, that's that, a good age at that to young do it. Age, mm -hmm. like, because I mean, coaches, I would say because my son has played sports. All his life, I was just that parent that was like, you got to put your energy into something. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to say, well, you're going to be the next NBA or NFL player. I've never told him that, but yeah. I wanted him to put his energy into something. Mm -hmm. And like little boys out there, literally, we always just have, I mean, they have, the daddies are never there. I will literally say you never see dads really at football games. Unless just, they're the coach. Or yep. Unless they're the coach or basketball game. So we used to have to pick up a lot of boys. We used to have to mm -hmm. fund a lot of boys' t cleats or uniform like fees yeah, and stuff you his, know what i'm saying like we would like was. me and my husband would raise money to like take care of these boys like he'll put them all on the back of the truck go buy cleats you know that was just a thing because <laughs> when you look out in life it's like and i will say this because my son has he played aau basketball too and it's like the coaches that at young ages like you grow bonds with these men and mm -hmm. they still keep up with him to this day yeah. like he's a senior in school right now like he has you know his little league coaches that still come out and see him play, or he has his AA. I have he has an AAU coach, and I will say this all the time: this he was probably ten when he started playing for him. But until this day, he will come to birthday dinners. Yeah, he will come to his basketball games. He just they just had a playoff. John Marshall did in freaking uh, oh my god! In it was like by almost. Ardmore, basically, mm -hmm. they had a game out there, and he will literally his him and his wife and their kids will drive. Like if I had I had surgery one time and he will pick me up and drive me yeah. out of town to That's where he love. goes. Like he, you know what That's I'm saying. So it's like, it yeah, it's like they used to take him in. They took him to Vegas with him, you know, for basketball tournaments and you, you know, and he loves his men. Like you know that genuine love from them coaches That's that you have. Coach. That's what you. That's would, a good coach, and that's what you want to reflect on, little boy. You, you know, explaining you, you explaining my childhood story yes. about his daddy. That's how I feel because I was and they mean a lot to him. You I was know, lost. and they, okay. they they brought your boy in and really. You know, show me like what family is, cause you know my household was was a little shaky. So like I said, like if I wanted a peace of mind, I go over their house, and they, you know, it was it was family oriented. It was cool over there. You could be a kid over there. You didn't have no grown up problems. Exactly. So mm -hmm. and and that's why I I call his daddy and mama to this day. Tell them I love them because 
I owe that to him. Like, mm-hmm. for real, for real. For real. And you always remember and back to that. you never know what you could be to another kid. No, you don't. Real, because you real. never, like, he, I never, I always think my mom and him used to be like, like, that's his basketball coach from when he was 10? Yeah. He still come to stuff? I'm yeah. like, yes, and he doesn't miss it. Like, he will not miss it for the world. Well, save us a seat. Yep, Me yeah. and Terry will be there. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, you know, I think it's amazing. I tell them all the time, like, I really appreciate y'all because his daddy, ne- his daddy has never seen him play. Like, and he, this man takes time out. He has two boys, mm-hmm. one my son's age and one, like, younger. But he will take his time out to come see him play. Yeah, he do. He will not miss anything. When I see yeah. him, I'm, I'm a 36-year-old man. When I see his daddy, I turn into a 12-year-old. Exactly. Like, <laughs> What's up, coach? Yeah. Give him a big old That's on everything. And that's I a do. good feeling because every time you see him, he, he hugs him and his wife. He loved them people genuinely. Yeah. And I love them because, you know, they love my son. Like, you right. know, I be that's like, That's my you know, life story. That's, that's why, like, I I'm really passionate about what we're doing because, like I said, my dad that he speaks highly of right now, that that's who I looked up to. So seeing him do that is in me. So that's what I want to do. You know, yes. that's exactly what I want. So what do team now. are you coaching currently? Uh, we're coaching the Blueprint Elite third grade. Team. Third grade boys. Are they okay. basketball, football, uh, basketball? Basketball. We working on uh, getting a baseball team. Yeah. We want to oh, if y'all get a baseball team, let me know because my yeah. son, that is that is my thing. Are y'all mentoring outside of that? I'm not. Yeah, not at the moment. Uh, not as far as um, kids right now. Um, Do y'all, will y'all lean more towards that? I have a um, 12 and 14, and so that's I'm asking because I'm interested. Possibly. Like I said, most of our consultation and everything is towards adults from the business side. Okay, gotcha. But um, okay. once we get more involved with the schools, then that's that's an alternative. Or okay. I would that. love to do that. Like, it's something that, you know... That you know that is that is a passion, and eventually we we do want to get into that because again I could just go back to my childhood. That's all like, you can relate to. Like him. man, yeah. like and that's I, what I, makes I, it special because like, it can I didn't have no daddy, and like I was I was community raised, and by the grace of God, I ain't never been behind them walls, and I didn't done I didn't done a, a lot of I didn't done a lot of messed up stuff, and you know, but like different coaches. That, that that showed me love and told me, you know, spoke positivity in me, you know, like. And I boys do have that. that. Yeah. Boys have yeah, that. Boys do have, but they say it's like a village. And, and girls don't know. necessarily get that at a really young age they because don't. unless you're, like, unless you're, you got daddy unless they or your see mama you turning or somebody, the wrong way. yeah, unless they yeah. see you turning the wrong way, they yeah. don't necessarily You never take really you can tell when girls that, like, yeah. well, did she go to school right. with that? And she didn't pull out, you know, little daisies right. into something. You never really think about girls right. going the wrong way. Yeah. Right. So. And there's a lot of girls that, I mean, we've talked that about it. it. We've talked about Oklahoma being the number one state of incarceration for women. So, like yeah. I said, it, they need it. You know, it I needs to be on both that. sides. Like, to just being promiscuous and, like, not having a father figure. Like, Period. Just, I mean, it's that's the road they go down. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, little girls the... go down that road. They expect, like, I tell my daughter all the time, you know, they, ex- they people are going to expect you to act a certain way yeah. or act out because they're going to say, well, you know, it's just one parent and it has her daddy been locked, you know, her daddy locked up. You know, people expect you to act a certain way. Like, you got to prove people wrong. Yeah. Right. Like, you can't be out here and, you know, just be in one of the statistics just because your daddy's right. incarcerated. You know what I'm saying? Right. You can't mm-hmm. use that as no crutch. Yeah. Like, I tell all the time, you can't, I understand that you miss your dad, but please don't use that as no crutch. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I, my daddy was hurt and I still didn't have my damn daddy. You know, you know, yeah. yeah. you, know you got to turn it around. And, you know, I tell all the time, like, she be on the YouTube channel, like, you know, encourage kids. There's a lot of kids out here, little girls that ain't got no daddy. Right. You know, tell them how you make it through. 
Right. You know, because yeah. I know it's hard as hell. So just explain to them how you make it through. Right. Girl, because, you know, that baby got, you know her. She got a lot of personality. She need to <laughs> in, in, put it somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> she needs to, to put to it somewhere. To, uh, yes. Tunnel it to something. Something positive. Something. I got one more question that we had on here. So what do y'all think about the mouse guy, uh, Garrett? I don't even know who that is. Wow. Oh, Miles Garrett. Garrett. <laughs> He's the football player. Took the football head off and hit the guy. Oh, I listen. The man did it. It was wrong, but he was provoked. Like I don't like how they just. How do you know he was? Well, I see him grab on him. Yeah, he. But I don't like. I don't like how everybody just trying to get Mason Rudolph to pass. Like that man was provoked. That man. First of all, about. uh, Rudolph was trying to take his helmet off first. So then Miles Garrett was like, "No, this is how you do it." Snatched it off. Mason Rudolph still trying to run up without a helmet, like fall back. You so ain't got your he, helmet. So off. he snatched the other guy's helmet off. Yeah. So the one guy tried to snatch his off initially, but the black guy actually took the white guys off, snatched it all the oh, way he snatched off, it and off. took it back and yeah, hit him with it. And he hit him with it, but he kept running up. He kept running towards. But him. I, I, and I, the accused, he supposedly said a racial slur. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I don't know if, you know, my thing is, like, you would take an amount of, because the game was almost over. It was, like, Let's the just, last couple what, minutes. Yeah. Last minute of the game. Like, why take that? I would, I could, you know what, I could see my child doing that. That's the only reason I feel so offended by it, because he got a bad-ass attitude. <laughs> you know how, like, some, he has, as he has grown older, like, he calmed down, but he was that kid that throw all the chairs in the gym, you know, in basketball, you mad, or Aww. he, but, you know, football, he does really good, he's been playing that, but, you know, but the thing is, like, you would take that two seconds, you know, to do your anger that much to mess up the rest of your life, like, it was just really uncalled for, like, sometimes you just gotta hold gotta, back, gotta, like, yeah. that's easier said than done. No, it's easier said than that, but taking it, snatching his helmet off is something, but no, you you ain't seen it, that's why you're saying that. Oh, he he no, he you have him. not seen the video. I haven't seen it. He takes it. this, he could have killed that man. He takes the helmet off and he hits him right hard. It's like one of them take back, like, but that's the thing, though. I know it's easier said than done, but we don't know what he was dealing with, everything else. But you still, that's like, it's just know, like, like you um, gotta, stuff that you, you do. Yeah. You take consideration you because of your job. You gotta job. think about that's where you are. That's his job and that's his livelihood. So you gonna take consideration. You ain't gonna go, some girl come out here and wanna catch a beef with you. You ain't just gonna go out here and be like, oh well. I mean, she in front of my house, I don't know. But I'm just saying. I don't know. You don't <laughs> think about it. It's a different. But then he wasn't in front of his house. He was on the football field. Yeah, and he was in his office. Okay, so was he suspended or? No, he's indefinitely. He can't come back. So he lost his job. Yes. I think he'll be back next year. Hopefully. Yeah, he, I think he will be. Well, I think that's probably try to give him two or three more games. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll miss some more games next season, but he'll be back. Oh, well. I think the thing is you got to be careful with how you react to things. And I mm-hmm. think sometimes we be like, mm-hmm. well, you know what? That nigga, that person, da 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 And I done had people that bring you to that boiling point. I've literally sat in courtrooms where you at that where you can feel your, you know your face is red. You know they know you pissed. Yeah. But you just got to find some way to kind of control that. That's Especially on your, at your place of That's business true. where you work at. Like you just can't you react have to, pick to your everything. You got to yes, pick you your do. battles. Yeah. Yeah. And you granted do. when you work, if he was pulling your shit off and you pulled his shit off, you probably should have got to bat right here and, and thought just, about no, it. Or maybe, so like, <laughs> let me ask a question. <laughs> I did not see it. So he was provoking him like you said. Mm-hmm. Did anything happen to him? Yeah. Uh, he got suspended. Like Mason Rudolph did? Yeah. He got suspended by, I think, three or four games, and he was fine, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. But the other part is this, That's too. Fair. 
football and sports and shit, they do that all the time. They do that bantering all the time. That's the environment. That's yeah. not nothing new. It's not like you, this is the first time that somebody talking shit to you or then pushed you or exactly. pulled your shit or pulled your helmet. This ain't the first time that's happened. That's probably happened since you was in high school. Mm-hmm. So you gotta find your, you can't get to the point where you done made it and you lose yourself. Like you, you gotta lost, do the same you control you that you made. Right. The same control you had in high school. Like if you was in high school and did that shit, then I would be like, okay, he's a high school Totally, he's a high school But you're making millions. But you're making millions of dollars. Yeah. Now, I'm starting to sway y'all away a little bit. Because in the heat of the moment, I was like, it's that motherfucker. You can't think that you gotta take care of your family. You know what I'm saying? You can't just be out there being on no hothead type Right. Like, I mean, this is not the, like I said, it would be different if it wasn't football. Like, if it was like the business office and somebody was like, somebody, uh, boss called them, da da da, and they went upside their head. Because that's not normal in that environment. But in the football environment and sports environment, they talking shit all day. That's what they do. That's what you do in sports. They going back and forth. They bantering. You don't see all that shit because you just watching the game. But when they on that line, they talking shit back and forth. But you wouldn't see it nowhere. You wouldn't see it. Even if you watched it, you don't see it. That's not a way that you would never know. Right. But even in basketball, that's why when you get them, sometimes you get them where you're watching it one time and they kind of turn off exactly. and nigga what you just say because somebody just said something yeah. real slick yeah, that's the environment yeah. <laughs> right so you gotta be careful like you've been dealing with this shit since high school brother you can't get to this point you on the big stage you doing the big thing you, that's stuff you, you should have left you behind you should have left all that behind yeah, you gotta leave yeah. some of that it's behind. your livelihood now right. you gotta leave all that behind right yeah. you plan for you gotta swallow your pride yeah. Yeah. and just like at work you be like oh i hate this <laughs> I hate Mister. Right. Yeah. You so you know, but when you know when you, but if you react, you know if you react, you might as well just pack your own. Yeah, exactly. Let me go get that box. Yeah. <laughs> and that's basically like you're to walk me out the door. You yes. might as well at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, <laughs> it's been a good conversation. Yeah, Do you was. guys have anything up up and coming? Um. No, we are. Um, Promoting just the merchandise that we have right now. It's on the website. Twenty um, percent off till the remainder of the year, and then just the free business consultations. Um, What's the, the website? Uh, www.thablackumbrella.com. So. Alrighty. Oh, duh. Be sure if, if you're trying to get merch, be sure you type in that uh that code Black Twenty. Yeah, be sure you can get that twenty percent off. And, uh, yeah, that's about and how do they get in contact with y'all on like, so, social, like media. social media? Social media is the same. It's at the Black Umbrella on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and we have the uh, message us on the website as well. So Yeah, got any email email address or anything? Our email is salllewis at theblackumbrella.com. Mine is uh, Richard, A-D-J-A-Y-E, at blackumbrella.com. Alrighty. Okay. So what are y'all selling on y'all uh, website? Uh, we have hoodies, t-shirts, jogging suits, uh, hats, uh, tank tops, uh, women's sh- short shorts, tank tops as well. And women tights. Okay. Tights, yeah. yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah, we and it's just the beginning, you know what I'm saying? Right now, we just, you know what I'm saying, this is new to us. We're getting our feet wet with the merchandise, and, you know, um, in the near future, we'll have, you know, a little bit more variety, a little bit different colors, um, you know, really trying to uh, take it to another level. 
Okay. Have to go on there and support. We just started yes. liking the whole t-shirt thing or whatever. So okay. We don't have a website yet, but we just mm-hmm. promoted it on our page and stuff like that. And so we did pretty well. We like, have. You know. For the first, first few orders, yeah. Yeah, yeah. first cool. couple of weeks or whatever. It was pretty good. We had a lot of support. Yeah, you guys got a nice brand, so I'm pretty sure it'll, it'll take off. Well, thank you. Yeah, we'll, and yeah. Y'all have to, y'all have to come support us one day for the uh, live podcast. I'll be there. We will. Um, y'all coming? Yeah, okay. we will be. Hopefully, we'll have some merch. Um, trying to get a table. So y'all should. If I merch, come definitely don't pull up. Set up there and have that yes. available there. So, um, our next live event is December 16th. Um, it starts at 7 p.m. Um, we're doing. Boy. Is it, what's his name? It yes. is Keyshawn, Keyshawn Shells. Yeah. Shells. yeah. So we literally kind of got alley ooped that one on Saturday, um, and I'm excited because um, he sounds like he has a really pretty nice platform, really big platform. Um, he does a lot of advocacy in the city. Um, he's currently a student at um, Langston University. So um, yeah, we're bringing him on as our guest at the beginning. Um, so we start the show actually starts at 7:30. So we do our meet and greet from 7 to 7:30. So. Come take pictures, introduce yourselves, kind of get to know us a little bit through that um, for that first 30 minutes. And then um, from 7.30 till 9, it's usually about 9, 9.30-ish. We try not to go to 9.30 because we be trying yeah. to get home. But um, we'll record. And so um, it's a good show. Um, we've done two at this point. Um, we're doing our toy drive at this, the first toy drive for yeah. us. Um, at this next live event. So, if y'all got toys, y'all know people that got toys, bring some toys. Absolutely. Um, you don't necessarily have to come to the show to give us the toys, though. So, we'll take the toys anytime between now and the show. We'll take them after the show. Um, anytime between now and probably at the 20th of December because we need to deliver them to where yeah. we're going to deliver them to. But, um, we'll take toys. That you can drop them off to us. You can give them to us. Um, DM us. DM us. Email us. Um, and we can take those toys. Um, you guys know we're on Seattle Hip Hop Radio every Monday and Friday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. Um, and then anytime throughout the week. Tony kind of posts us randomly. Um, I don't know how that genre goes. But it, it's also got different um, genres of music, R&B. He's got, um, what's Afrobeats is what it's called. He's got um, sports, show. sports shows. Cheryl Underwood comes on before... Before or after, before, before us. us. Um, so, I mean, he's got a lot of different entertainment on there. It is like the Black Pandora. So, it is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days out of the year. So, um, go ahead and support him. He's black owned as well. Um, found found us. And was like, let me put y'all on my um, on my station too. found us on so. Instagram, right? Yeah, that was on Instagram. And so, you know, and he's from from Seattle. Uh No, he's from the East Coast, but lives in Seattle. So that's that. So he actually has a big East Coast following. And as a matter of fact, like we're actually going to record next month with a lady who actually found us on what Apple Podcast. No, she found us on SoundCloud. SoundCloud. And she's in D.C. In D.C. So So we've got quite a few followers in the East Coast, on the East Coast. Right. <laughs> you said what? Yeah. I said they'll be heard. Uh, <laughs> right. Across the United States. Right. Um so We have a pretty good um like out of the country following too. We do. We do. We, we, do. Just kind of we can yeah. see, yeah. We can a, see like our international. It's kinda of different. Yeah, we get some international. So now we're on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts. SoundCloud and YouTube every Sunday. Um, a new episode post, but you can always go back and re-listen. Um, we have started reposting episodes as well, so we will be on a way back Wednesday doing the repost. Um, we'll probably do it every week for the month yeah, of December, okay. so we can get some 
some listeners um, the opportunity to listen to episodes they had never listened to before. Um, and then um, we are on Instagram, Mocha Tea Podcast, Twitter, Mocha Tea Podcast. I just realized yesterday as we were at, when we were at the brunch, that it was like Mocha Podcast instead of Mocha Tea Podcast, but I went and changed it. I don't oh, know how on that what, happened Twitter? on Twitter. Oh. Um, and then um, we are on Facebook as Mocha Tea Podcast as well. Um, we are on, oh, you can hit us up through our email. Always old school fashion email, mm-hmm. however that works. We get a lot of inquiries through that, though. It's Mocha T, M-O-C-H-A-T-E-A, um, 2018. Let me slow that down because I know I talk fast. <coughs> so M-O-C-H-A-T-E-A, 2018 at gmail.com. Um, and we are out. Peace. 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 Peace.